News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman in association with Air on News Talk. By Jack Chambers, Minister of State for Sport on the Gale Talk, uh, Minister. We're going to talk in just a few moments about your get out and exercise this winter campaign. But first, just wanted to put a couple of questions that are making headlines this morning to you. Uh, in the front page of the Daily Mail, they have a, a, a screaming headline: Two years jail for excessive turf burning. They're basically saying that local authorities are going to come down heavily on people who burn too much turf. What's that all what's all that about? We we've just gone through the situation where people can actually burn their own turf at all and now there's a suggestion that if they burn too much turf they could actually be fined or even jailed. Well just to say uh, as you know under the uh, regulation signed by Minister Ryan turby rights and all other customary practices in respect of turf are unaffected. Uh, by these regulations uh, and people can continue to cut turf for their own use mm. uh, and what's affected is the sale of turfs for example in, in retail premises and the air pollution act and I, I know in, the, in the inside of that article the air pollution act is referenced and that goes back to i think the late uh, 1980s for example which which has always been the case around the monitoring of um air pollution in particular areas but turby rights are protected and support to give certainty to people that was announced earlier on this but year. But how, how would any household know whether they were burning too much turf or not? Well that's why the that's why you know the, the turby rights are protected as I've said um, and the I, I said that's a, a particular headline in an article but we've been very clear that the regulations that have been signed um, mean that No but it's, it's clear that people can, can cut their own turf and, and, and either give it use it themselves and or give it to it others for, for personal use in their households and that remains the position So to whom does this article refer then people who don't have turbary rights is it people living in cities or away from bogs they can burn some turf but not too much No the, the Air Pollution Act uh, as it stands from the late 1980s and that it's a matter for local authorities on the uh, enforcement and regulation of air pollution more generally and the main uh, and the regulations that have been signed by Minister Ryan um, didn't change the Air Pollution Act so that, that has remained in situ since the late 1980s So, so effectively if, 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 if a town or, a, or a, a part of a town is suffering bad air quality the local authority ha- has the power to identify if certain households or, or businesses are, are a cause of that and go in Well it's just to say no, nothing has changed when it comes to turbury rights in the context of the regulations that were signed um, and the legislation that's referred to relates to the late 1980s, which gives local authorities the power to enforce or monitor, monitor and deal with complaints, and nothing has changed in relation to that. Okay. Uh, and we were very clear earlier on this year um, that we we've ensured that the custom and practices in respect of turf are unaffected by the regulations that were signed. Sounds like you're suggesting, Minister, that the Daily Mail story might be a bit of a scare story. Well, look, I'm not going to comment on that. I'm just saying that the the Air Pollution Act relates mm. to the late 1980s. The regulations. Uh, respected and maintained turbary rights and nothing has changed legally in the context of the enforcement of uh, of the 1987 legislation which relates to the to the to, to monitoring of complaints when it comes to air pollution the main thrust of the regulations that were signed by minister Ryan actually the focus is on smoky coal as people will know and making that operational across the country so that we um, ensure that we reduce air pollution okay. in that context. If, if we could talk but to the, it, but, the, it, but the enforcement of um, of that legislation go, goes back to 1987. Okay, yeah, you, 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 you made that point. Yeah. 
okay. are, are maintained. If, if, we, uh, if, if we could turn to another story in the Irish Times this morning, and, and, and this is that they have picked up on a number of letters written by the chair, chairperson, chairwoman of the RT authority, Moya Doherty, to the Taoiseach, basically saying that the government is deliberately, deliberately undermining RTE by not conform, uh, committing to reforming the TV licence system. That's a very serious charge from the chairperson of the RTE authority, that the government is actually deliberately undermining the national broadcast station. Well, uh, just to be very clear, I know that the, the, the Commission's report was subsequently published. The vast majority of the recommendations were accepted by government um, and the government is committed to supporting the funding of the media and also reforming and enhancing the collection of the licence fee. Obviously, the specific recommendation from the Commission around making it the the licence fee and exchequer-based model um, wasn't accepted by government and that's why a uh, there is a, a, a group has been established on making that reforming that and enhancing the collection of the licence fee um, and we want to ensure that it's put on a, on a sustainable footing. An additional 15 million euro was available um, in, in, the, in, the, in the recent budget around, um, if, around through the licence fee mechanism where we've obviously additional licences, TV licences for people over 70. But what, what, what um, do you say? That was, welcomed, but that was welcomed by the chairperson of RT in the uh, in, in, in that yeah, but she, she, she obviously feels that's on the margin to some degree. What, what do you say to her, her claim that your government is deliberately undermining RTE by not committing to reforming the licence system in particular? One of the recommendations of the Commission. Well, we've been very clear that we don't accept the, um, that, that particular charge that was made. And I think there's been an acknowledgement since around the, the recent budget and the, and the funding that's been made available. But we are committed to reforming and enhancing the collection of the licence fee. Um, and, uh, and that's why additional funding was made available and why the a group was established to try and make that process more efficient um, so that we can enhance the, uh, the, the core funding available. So do you think she's wrong when she says that you're undermining the RTE by, by not doing so? Well, no, I'm just saying that, that I, I, I'm saying that the government accepts the vast majority of the recommendations from the Media Commission. We want to ensure that the, we reform and enhance the collection. Yeah, of the they, they obviously feel they need more money. They're f- facing a profound financial crisis, they believe. And, and, and that's why we, we've, we want to, ref- I think there's a recognition from everybody that we have to make the current system of collection more efficient uh, and, and, the, and the group has been established to do that. There's obviously a, a, a difference of opinion on the mechanism to and and, and the, the media commission recommended replacing the license fee with core exchequer funding and there's a point of of difference on that but we, mm. we, we all acknowledge that we have to make the current system okay. of collection more efficient and we're working to do that. You're talking to us this morning to urge people to get out and exercise this winter and there's a campaign to encourage them to do so. Yeah, so we've this is our second uh, winter initiative, and we know that people are more likely to be sedentary uh, during uh, the, those long winter evenings. So we've we're launching uh, this uh, second initiative now. Uh, we've had five hundred over five hundred events last year, over seven hundred events this year, and this is really trying to build a more active society to drive participation in sport. You know, whether it's an opportunity for people to start a new sport uh, or return to a particular activity or sport, this it's for all ages and backgrounds and um, we've had all 29 local sports partnerships involved. There's a huge amount of activities from 
you know, uh, for cross nearly every sport is try track and field with Athletics Ireland, social rounders, swim for a mile with Swim Ireland, try tennis with Tennis Ireland. This is really trying to connect people to the local activities and opportunities for uh, activity and sport within their local community, particularly at a time where we know people are more likely to be sedentary as a reference. And that's mm. why uh, we're really trying to focus on bridging that participation gap in the winter so that we enhance it through the, through the later part of the year. And we have seen a fall off in participation uh, through COVID and that's why constant attention to building that more active society is really important and why we're, we're launching the second winter initiative later on today. Okay, well, it's a, it's a very good initiative. Finally, Minister, before I let you go, what's your response to, to that message that the Taoiseach gave to, to, to Fianna Fáil, to a Fianna Fáil meeting last Friday, that we're facing a frightening wave of delayed cancer diagnosis uh, because of, of lockdowns during COVID? Do you think we got it wrong during COVID, that we should have kept those basic services going? Well, the, the urgent cancer care did continue during the pandemic, and we know this isn't only an Irish um, concern, it's an issue both across the European and the global health system where the uh, the, the level of, of cancer previously diagnosed uh, marginally dropped across many health systems. I know that is a concern for many families and households. But, well, that's sc- screen, screening services almost stopped completely, Minister, and, and people no, I, weren't... I, I, acknowledge, no, I, I, I acknowledge that um, that, that, there were, that certain services were impacted during did, particular did times. Did we get that wrong? Did we get the balance of, of care wrong but, there? Well, well, I think. Look, if if you look back to the um, to the restrictions and the um, the huge difficulty and the impact that, co- that COVID was causing on our health system, that had a strain on many services, and that's why, with the record level of funding allocated to the health system this year, over twenty three billion euro, the HSE is preparing its service plan for twenty twenty three, and we have to we'll have to ensure that that we we address issues of delayed diagnosis and treatment um, over the coming months so that we, we try and bridge that gap that has arisen. And that's, the, that's what every health system will have to do across Europe. And I know this European Cancer Organization has referenced that across every yeah. health system in Europe, okay. the impact that COVID has had on not only cancer care and uh, cancer diagnosis, but also a whole other range of conditions okay. that um, were, where the interventions weren't possible at the very difficult points of the pandemic. Okay, Jack Chambers, Minister of State for Sport and the Gaeltacht, thanks for joining us this morning. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.